Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by Pastor Ricky Brown as we conclude the series, When You Are. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Hello, community, and welcome. My name is Ricky, and I am so happy to be here to open God's Word with you. You know, you and I could be a lot of places right now, but here we are together. I want to thank you for making it a priority to hear a word from God for your life. And I also want to say thank you to your pastors, Dave and John Ferguson, for this opportunity to preach, because I'm so grateful for your partnership through New Thing and how you raise up new leaders. As a matter of fact, I am now the leader of the local network in our Chicagoland New Thing movement that your pastor, Dave Ferguson, is a part of. Now, this makes absolutely no sense at all, unless it means he's willing to raise up other leaders and allow them to lead. So if anything doesn't go quite right today, know that it's Dave's fault. If you have any praise, if you have any uh, affirmation, light it up in the comments section with fire emojis. And if you have any complaints, please email me directly at d-a-v-e at community.org. Well, friends, we all forget stuff. It's one thing to forget to take out the garbage or drop something off. But what happens when we forget the ultimate things, like who we are or what God has done in our lives? Remembering is absolutely essential. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today as we conclude our series, When You Are. In this series, we've been seeing how the Psalms that we find in the Old Testament can help us connect with God in the midst of the life stuff we're walking through. The Psalms were written as a prayer book for the people of God to actually sing. And we can join in this great chorus of the people of God by learning to pray the Psalms ourselves. When we let the Psalms move us toward God, we find what our hearts need. Nearly half the Psalms are attributed to David. And even though some scholars do not think David wrote all the Psalms that include his name in the titles, because the titles aren't original to the text, they still think the authors had David's story in mind as they composed their songs. David's life contains many lessons uh, that help us learn how to pursue God in the midst of the life stuff we're walking through. David was a man who experienced lots of hills and lots of valleys. As we've talked about during this series, there were times when his confusion, uh, remorse, or brokenheartedness seemingly overwhelmed him. Yet there were also times in his life when things were really good. Again, even though our circumstances are different, we all can relate to David in this way. So today, we're going to see how the Psalms can help when you are good. The story has been told about Stephen Thomas, a programmer in San Francisco who's a multimillionaire, or he would be, at least if he could only remember his password. He's got two guesses left to figure out a password that's worth about $220 million. The password will let him unlock a small hard drive known as an iron key, which contains a digital wallet that holds 7,002 Bitcoin. It was worth pennies when he started, but it has skyrocketed since then. 
And as of right now, one Bitcoin is going for over $40,000. See, the problem is that years ago, Stefan lost the paper where he wrote down the password for his iron key, which gives users only 10 attempts before it destroys its contents forever. 10 tries and it's all gone. He has tried eight of his most commonly used passwords, but to no avail. Stefan said he would just lie in bed and think about it and think about it over and over again. Then he would go to his computer with a new strategy and it wouldn't work and he would be desperate all over again. Every person knows what it's like to need a password that you have forgotten. A password is a key. It allows access to something that is locked. It may not have cost you and I $20 million, but you likely know the feeling of not being able to access something that is rightfully yours. For the last three weeks in the When You Are series, we've been saying that when things get hard in our lives, when there's confusion, or when we are feeling remorse or even brokenhearted, we need to lean into God. We know we have a God who is always present, always willing to help us navigate the difficult times in our lives. We have a God that not only understands what we're going through, but he welcomes us and invites us to come to him with everything we are and everything we have. For that reason, we have to do the same things when things seem to be going good in our lives. This idea of leaning on God is usually communicated in the context of hard times. What if we need to lean on God even more when things are good than we realize? What if there is a place of growth and maturity God can bring us to relying on and, leaning on, and leaning on Him even more when you are good? If blessings corrupt, God will always choose our character over our prosperity. You see, we naturally put our focus on God when times are bad. We go to the source. But when times are good, guess what we need to do? We need to go to the source. But when we're in a season of prosperity, when things are going our way and when the friends are many, what do we do? We come to church every once in a while. Spiritual, spiritual disciplines are not as important anymore. Or we just stop connecting with others, uh, people of precious like faith. We stop growing in our relationships with other people because, well, things are good. We just simply stop contributing. We forget that our resources and everything we have are to be used to move the Jesus mission forward. Well, we live in a DIY world, a DIY age, if you will, where you can do it yourself and much of it is good. You, you can learn anything in the world you want to learn on YouTube. If something in, in my house is broken personally and it needs to be done and it needs to be fixed, I will mess it up at least once before I pay a professional. Absolutely. Well, DIY videos are good when it comes to our, but when it comes to our relationship with God, becoming self-reliant and denying our dependence on God and others is dangerous. This is not a new problem. Throughout the Old Testament, we see both individuals and people groups cycling back and forth between self-reliance and dependence. 
And the book of Judges is actually an account of God sending messengers to bring the Israelites back to focus on God. And when they would just fall into self-reliance all over again. Uh, imagine how different their lives could be if they actually did remember what God and what only God had done for them. Now, none of us are immune to this. I am not immune to this. There have been periods in my own life where things were good and I just fell into this place of believing that I really didn't need anyone else or God for that matter. I was only focused on my own abilities, relying on others, seemed weak and lacked foresight. But it's not just in the tough times that we can turn to God and grow in our relationship with him. Over the last three weeks, we've seen how David was not afraid to turn to God in the tough times and express the hard stuff to God. We see that in the Psalms we've looked at so far in this series, but David uh, wasn't afraid to express gratitude and joy in the good times as well. The Psalm we'll look at today was likely written toward the end of David's life. Looking back on all the things that, we, that God had done moved him to write these words. In Psalm 103, David says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Praise the Lord. Uh, things are good for David. His soul is giving praise to God. But notice the last line there. Forget not all his benefits. What is David actually saying? When you study the entire collection of Psalms, which is the Psalter, you'll do well if you pay close attention to the structure. And repetition always points to significance and true meaning. When David says, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, he's giving away the answer right there. The soul or the lab in Hebrew is the innermost part of our being. It's where our drive and our, our passion lies. It's, it's, it's what decides what we chase after and what we pursue. So David says, forget not all his benefits. David isn't re encouraging a remembering of the mind. David is encouraging a remembering of the heart. You can, and you and I do this often, we change our minds based on the facts in front of us, but the heart can remain steadfast no matter what it sees. This is the same person who wrote the words, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You see, when you are good, more than a made up mind, you need a made up heart. That God is my source, he is my rock and he gets my praise. In the midst of a time where things are good, David pauses to remind himself to not forget the ways in which God has been alongside him. He doesn't want to forget the times in which God had rescued him or provided for him. He doesn't want to forget the times that God had comforted him, comforted him in his loneliness or fear. So this is David reminding us to be grateful. A lack of thankfulness is, about for, is not about forgetfulness, it's about gratefulness. You see, we often make faulty comparisons between what God provides and what the world can offer. 
For example, would you ever receive a check for $1 million from a person and not say thank you? No. Would you ever be given a brand new car from a person and not say thank you? No. Would you ever be given a brand new house and not say thank you? Absolutely not. I want to remind us of something important, that the benefits of God are not temporal, they are eternal. Do you know that one of the uses of the words forget not means don't become lame? Yes, it's true. You can grow in your walk with God in times, in the times that are good. But what causes us to be lame in this area is when we don't keep the lordship of Jesus at the forefront of our hearts and minds, ascribing to him the glory and honor, which is due to only him. He says, don't be lame with your praise. Well, what does lame praise look like? It looks like God waking us up this morning and we don't say thank you. It's like God covering us with his grace and we don't tell him thank you. It's like God showering us with goodness and we don't tell him thank you. It's like God filling us with his love and still no thanks. Even when God has been extraordinarily good to us, our heart tends to forget. Look at the life of David. I mean, just looking over his resume, there are so many times when God's goodness was undeniably evident in his life. In 1 Samuel 17, as a young man, David defeated the giant Goliath. It was a thrilling and improbable victory, to say the least. And it changed not just the course of his own life, but also the course of, of the lives of his people. His single victory, uh, his victory single-handedly won the battle and established David's reputation as his people's greatest warrior. In 2 Samuel 5, at just 30 years old, David began a 40-year reign, becoming the greatest and most beloved king in Israel's history, from shepherd boy to God's anointed. It's, it's hard to overstate the magnitude of David's rise. He was called a man after God's own heart and pointed his people toward God's goodness and promises. How about 2 Samuel 6? There were a lot of good days in David's life. But this may have been one of the best. David led the recapturing of Jerusalem and got to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to where it belonged. And this wasn't a simple victory, but a major step in restoring worship and the practice of Israel's faith. As the Ark returned to Jerusalem, the entire nation erupted in praise. Caught up in the joy of the occasion, even King David danced uninhibited before God and all the people. A man who has experienced so many miraculous moves of God writes, forget not all his benefits. You see, here's the thing. I have a question for you. Is this David's resume? Was it really God's? You see, when God does what only he can do in our lives, he gets the glory and not us. God's goodness was all over David's life. But when things were good, instead of drifting into complacency, David moved toward God. Psalm 13 and 6 says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. When times are good, it's an opportunity to move towards God and remember his goodness. In doing so, we show our faithfulness to him that no matter what you bless me with, I am not going to take my focus 
off of you. So today, we're going to remember together. In the next few moments, I'm going to lead us through a time of remembering. I'll walk us through this time by mentioning three specific things to remember and then invite you to respond to those things through singing and sharing. The first is, as the psalm says, to forget not all his benefits. There's a great way of translating this psalm that's literally bless him for blessings. I want to invite you to respond in this moment by thinking about something you're grateful for. We want to remember and bless God. Maybe it's an answered prayer, a way he's provided for you or healed you or someone you love. Think about that and then share it with the person nearest to you. And then offer a prayer of thanks to God for that. Go ahead. Let's do that together right now. invite you to remember who he is. Psalm 103 and 8 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. This is the God we worship. This is the God we serve. As a response, let's sing to him because he's worthy. Let's bless him for his blessing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, worship your Oh, 
Maybe the most powerful thing we can do right now is to remember how he loves. Psalm 103, 11 through 12 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Remember that he loves you. There is no ending to that love. There is no condition to that love. The enemy wants nothing more than for us to have spiritual amnesia and to exhaust ourselves trying to earn his love over and over again. When we remember his love, we are free to be who he has made us to be, his sons and his daughters. We are free to love others because we are loved.